Okay. So, God refreshes. Uh, All right. Let's have a look. Holy Spirit, help. Holy Spirit, thank you. Thank you for heaven. Thank you for for a matrix-busting anointing. I thank you for... I just thank you that, that, that you expose lies and those lies hold up structures that people put their faith in and I just thank you for those structures coming tumbling down. Thank you, Lord, for the structures of time and space being completely destroyed and I thank you for, the, for, for oneness. Thank you for that, Lord. Thank you right now for, for smashing or limiting beliefs. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> okay, look. So there's a lot of theology out there that's pretty rubbish, and I'm not a theology guy, but I'm, you know, I'm pretty solid. Um, you know, there's one of our team, they said, well, I'm not really strong in theology. Someone was asking me about theology, what should I do? And I said, okay, if they ask you and they press you for this information, you go, I believe in God the Father. I believe in Christ the Son. You know, I said, that's good enough. But however, you know, Apostles' Creed, Nicene Creed, but what happens, we build a lot of our theology within the matrix. And when we have to renew our mind, metanoia, we actually have to ch- change how we think in regards to reality, not just theology. And theology is scaffolding. Now, don't, I don't wanna disrespect anything, but God's word is so powerful that it's more than just, sca- theology is not just scaffolding, it's the word of God, and the word of God is living powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. Any word of God that you meditate on has enough power in itself to fulfill what it says it will do. It is incorruptible seed. It is amazing. But what we do is we put things together to form the nature of reality. And a lot of theology, uh, 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 it's orphan theology, not sonship theology. So when we go into sonship theology, we realise that there's an intricate partnership of Jesus and us. Orphan theology says Jesus is going to do it or we're gonna do it, but we do it with him. He's the, prime, he's the primary, but we do it with him. So orphan theology creates separation, whereas sonship theology is oneness, and it's all through scripture, but because it's a matrix buster, it's too confronting, it's too confronting. So, so uh, <laughs> so things like, like, we forget, we just, you know, we are the temple of the Holy Spirit. We are the temple of the Holy Spirit. And those who are joined to the Lord are one spirit with Him. Christ in us the hope of glory. Paul made a big deal, almost like when he was saying in, in, in Colossians 1, and it's almost like a drum roll and says that the mystery that's been hidden for ages and generations has now been revealed, which has uh, been revealed to the saints. That's Christ in you, the hope of glory. That's oneness, there's no separation. So a lot, of, a lot of believing in the church goes like this, we're gonna get a flogging and, and is it a bird, is it a plane? No, it's Jesus coming back. We create separation. And that's not what the Word of God teaches because it confronts us with time, space, reality. So sonship theology is oneness, is actually that sense of those who are joined to the Lord are one spirit with Him. And so uh, what we don't perceive with the senses, we push into the future. Well, it hasn't happened yet, so, you know. And... The Bible is written from a heavenly perspective to be understood from the same perspective. So Jesus is, before he's ascended, he's, saying to, he's talking to Nicodemus, unless you're born from above, you will not see the kingdom of heaven, right? And then Nicodemus is like, and he was the teacher of Israel, and he's like, 
<laughs> I couldn't get it to understand it. And he said, <laughs> Jesus is saying to the teacher of Israel, you don't even understand earthly things. He said, what are, what are you going to do if I tell you heavenly things? of Israel and he's like he's he's, he's like you know uh, spiritual sub 70 IQ going here and, and and what we have is that the, that the, the oneness it, it talks about that Christ would be all in all and so orphan spirit pushes God away and separation and and as I'm journeying things more and more and more is that God lives inside of me he lives inside of you the only thing is veils in our awareness. That's it. That's it. Veils. Okay? So, so this is why there was the, this is why in the old covenant, the, the, the sign of circumcision for the old covenant, but it was only a foreshadowing of the veils of the heart. This is what it says. And you can, you can see that. But, but in reality, I want to start talking about heavenly realities. Now, I want to go very, very superficially into, I was going to do a thing on mountains and mysteries. But I want to talk about the invisible realm because the invisible realm is overlaying this very, very room right now where we are. And your praise before and your, your uh, 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 connecting with the Lord actually diffuses the fragrance of triumph all through the suburbs. It actually is diffusing something. Also, not just, and not just that, but it actually goes down that, that highway of holiness straight into Parliament. It goes up into the Adelaide Hills. It goes across into Norwood. It, it, it's real. It's completely real. See, if Paul and Silas can actually praise God and that literally first it move a, a spiritual tectonic plate and then the natural tectonic plate. I mean, when's the last time you saw an earthquake with just doors opened? You know? And so, so, so your praise actually opens something up because you're connecting with heavenly realities. When you're singing before and praying for each other before, you're acting like you believe it, which is called faith. So we actually have to act like we're connected to the Lord and connected to the heaven, not just one day, one day, one day, one day, and an orphan spirit push it away. Is those who are joined to the Lord are one spirit with Him. 
It actually says that you, it says that he's ahead of all principality and power and you are already complete in him. This is why whenever you pray for something, you can believe you've already received it because you've received the hard stuff. That is God. You've received God and everything's in him. But what we do is we shrink down God and we magnify our need and we separate it from us. So that orphan theology, you can have Nicene Creed, Apostles Creed, Virgin Birth. You can have, you know, uh, all your ducks in a row, but it's still coming from the wrong place. Is this? Oh, okay. So anyway. Uh, <laughs> what I want to do is I want to just lay down a really quick foundation the fact that you are not separated from the Lord in any way, shape or form. I find it interesting in Romans, it says nothing can separate us from the Lord, from the love of God in Christ Jesus, but we can separate ourselves from Him perceptually. Nothing can separate you from God, nothing. So when we start to lay a hold, you start to realise that, that God literally condescended, God became a man, which is, I mean, the incarnation, mind-blowing. And the Word became flesh, and he came and he died for the sins of the world. And then what happened is he came and walked amongst us and we beheld his glory as the only begotten of the Father. But the most important thing is that once he redeemed us, he went back up, he changed things. He says, I'll go and prepare a place for you. And we go, oh yeah, 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 mansion. And he's, 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 you need to put some plantation shutters on mine with a little box garden outside the side. Oh my gosh, we have no idea how amazing heaven is. And, and the, the dimensions of glory with, with no veils whatsoever. But the point is, is that it is a cosmic gospel. Read Colossians. You cannot study Christology without getting cosmic. You cannot grasp the fact that everything is held together by the power of His Word. That's cosmic. It's cosmology. And the fact is that it's not the fivefold gifts. And again, I know we, we, we count five, so we call it five. And I don't want to get into semantics and be a pain in the rump. And, you know, uh, you know I've had conversations with different people. They're ascension gifts. He ascended on high and he led captivity captive and he gave, gave gifts to men. So, so Jesus said, wherever I am there, you'll be also. So ascension is essentially basically this. Physically you're here, but spiritually you are planted in heavenly dimensions with him the second you say yes to the gift of salvation. That is profound. And rather than us build our theology on our five senses, we actually have to come up here and allow him to show the things that must surely take place. This is why we're renewing, being transformed, metamorpho through the renewing of the mind. It isn't just getting your, your doctrine ducks in a row, it's getting your reality sorted out. That, that there's no past, present, future in the spirit like we understand it. There's no distance in the spirit like we understand. You can just go into quantum physics and quantum entanglement. You can uh, literally like in the spirit at nighttime, God can take you to the other side of the world and you pray for someone. It's happening again and again and again and again. And more people are becoming aware of it. But when you sensitize your spirit, you realize time and space in the spirit is nothing like it is in the natural. So we have a heavenly gospel. And we actually, we are commanded to, we're commanded to completely set our inner world to that reality. The problem is, is that when you have an earthbound church trying to battle the enemy, you're just, you're just, you're just gonna wear yourself out. In the Bible is the most dominant point of contact 
of us and the enemy is our foot on his head. And the God of peace will swiftly crush Satan under your feet. That's the point of contact. But if you have orphan separation, and one day I'll go to heaven, no, 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 that's not what it says. So let's just do, let's just build a, a, a really quick foundation. Let's do Ephesians 1, 3. It said, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us with every spiritual blessings in the heavenly places or in the heavenly in Christ. So we're already blessed. But, but, but you, you, Jesus isn't in heaven, heaven's in Christ. Is, I mean, let me go on record as saying this. God is love, God is light, God is holy, God is spirit. God is a person, God is a place. God is a realm, God is a dimension. Now, I'm not pushing animism or anything like that, but you look and study the word and you, it starts to blow your grid. So it's in the heavenly places in Christ. So, so there's no blessing in the natural. There, you, you are not blessed in the natural. Your blessing is in Christ and that's in the heavenly dimensions. There's no blessing on the earth. What if you work hard and you earn some money or you get an inheritance? The thing about blessing is this, and they understood what blessing was about because they wanted it. From Jabez through to Jacob, it says the blessing of the Lord makes one rich and he adds no sorrow. So, so all of those blessings are in Christ in heavenly places. So when you get caught up down here, you get caught in the rat, rat race on the hamster's wheel and it wears you out. If you're a corporate person, work, 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 but it will come out of your energy, your time. And there's a place where it is the blessing of the Lord makes one rich and he has no sorrow. So those blessings are in heavenly places in Christ. So you go, oh, okay, there's a theme here, heaven. It's a couple of words. One's Uranos, which means sky. And there's one that's a similar word, which means celestial. There's only a few words, right? But it is, it, it is the heavenly dimensions. And when you start to set yourself, like, see, the, we've got to learn to grow in faith because what people do is they just live their life and then they have a go for Jesus and, and they call it, but it's magical thinking, is you've got to keep yielding, building, gazing, looking, seeing, building, gazing, investing. Jesus said where your treasure is, your heart will be also, okay? Keep building, keep building. One day, it wasn't like Enoch was all of a sudden sort of like, you know, just working a job, struggling with his prayer life, wondering what the future was gonna happen with the Nephilim, freaked out and then boom, he's in heaven, that's it. It doesn't work like that, it's just magical thinking. Same with Elijah. Elijah would have had frequent fly points way before he got caught up in the, the, the chariots of fire. So, so there's a, there is a science to suddenlies, but when you don't understand that, it becomes magical thinking. So when you start to build in those heavenly realms, and you know what? Anyone who said too heavenly minded to be no earthly good was, completely, was a completely carnal doofus. Okay, because Jesus says, I'm from above, you're from, a, you're from beneath. And he's trying to communicate, this is why I taught in parables, he's trying to communicate the almost incommunicable. <laughs> Ephesians 1.20, which he worked in Christ <laughs> when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places. 
So, so where we're blessed is where Christ is. And Jesus is where I am there, you'll be also. Uh, but it gets freakier. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 6. And he has raised us up together and has made us sit together. Sit down. <laughs> he made us sit together. Them? All right, so, and raised us up together and made us sit together. <laughs> you got like your, your name written in front. Um, in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So it's a heavenly cosmic gospel. And you can't understand it without the Holy Spirit. So the ascension gifts are to be ascended and teach people to ascend. Now the word ascension, I understand it's got the, it's actually directional, so it's up. However, when we start to understand the spirit realm, that's not mutually exclusive. Up can mean in. It's dimensional. So when you worship, you don't, for you to get close to God and worship or have an encounter of glory, you don't have to levitate. Now, if you did, make sure people have their phones on. Okay? But, but, but ascension doesn't necessarily mean like altitude like we understand it. It's going deeper into the glory from, you know, outer court, holy place, holy, holy holies. So, so the, the whole word of God is orientated for this very, very reason is but we're already there. And so if we don't understand this, we push everything into the future. We build a theology around it. Now, what you've got is that you don't see this with the natural eye. Don't put these scriptures up because I haven't given them to you anyway. I quoted these last week. It says, Ephesians 1.10, it says that in the fullness of times, he might gather together in one all things in Christ, both which are in heaven, which are on earth in him. That took place. Calvary, resurrection, ascension, Pentecost, and the fall of Jerusalem. Because you still got probably millions of people looking at an old covenant, walking in a valley of shadow of death, and actually screwing up the atmosphere. I'll be honest. There's something about, let's just say, let's talk about corporate atmospheres. I'll never forget, the Lord warned us in 2019 in a prophetic way about what weird things coming on the earth and was COVID. I'll never forget the fear, the corporate collective consciousness of fear, you know? And just like people completely freaked out. That created an atmosphere. And, 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 and it swallowed up a lot of the church. They're afraid. As it's turned out, what a dodgy, 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 dodgy time that was. And we were made to, it was just so, you, the, the absolute gross lies. It's disgusting. But what it did, it created a, a, a cosmic atmosphere because of, because of people coming to agreement. I remember, never forget the first time, Baker's Delight, this, this, you know the story I'm with my wife. My wife's absolutely about rules and protocols and I'm the opposite. I didn't have my glasses. I'm trying to see what, what's in the thingo. I didn't notice there were spots on the ground to, to sort of like, you know, soup Nazi style, you know? And I'm sort of like, it's over where the speaker is and I'm like this, so, so I sort of go. And there was an older person with a face on... And I'm going, what the heck? And Marisha goes, you're not about to go there now. Like this, I'm not going. And this was like, this. you were, you're upset with me. 
you exaggerate me. So I've got the microphone, all right? So if I get, if I get, if I raise my voice, she either makes me go, or, it's like this. And she's now learned to do that with Max. Okay, so, so I've got the microphone. All right. So that had to, that, that, that had to happen. So that in the fullness of the times, what happened is God actually joined heaven and earth together, but it's still invisible. This is why he sent the Holy Ghost. Heaven and earth united through the work of Calvary and Pentecost, but it requires believers to believe. (laughs) If we have rubbish theology, we create separation and not oneness. You go, okay, so, but yeah, but that's in the last days or when it, no, 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 no. If you go down further, again, uh, it just says, therefore, when he ascended on high, he led captivity captive and gave gifts to men. Now this, he ascended, what does it mean? That he also first descended into the lower parts of the earth? He who descended is the one who ascended far above the heavens that he might fill all things. And that coincides with the ascension gifts. So in the invisible world, the conditions are amazing. They are amazing. This is why we can engage by faith celebrating that victory through praise, celebrating that victory through worship, actually acts of faith acting like God has done what He said He has done. So in the invisible realm, it is better. So God's command to us with this in mind, that we're already seated in heavenly places and that in the dispensation of the fullness of times, He's brought everything together to one in Christ and He's merged heaven and earth. And we talked about, it's not just mankind, it's creation because the curse resulted in thorns and thistles and Jesus had a a crown of thorns and his blood went into the earth and the elementals reacted because there was an earthquake and there was also an eclipse. I mean, pretty, pretty hectic major stuff. So in the spirit, heaven and earth are united. And when you praise God, it starts to manifest. It looks like outpouring. It looks like revival. Okay, it's called oneness, it's called unity. This is is why it's exciting. And so having a conversation today, it's okay to understand political developments and things going on the earth, but you can't build your nest there. You can't, you can't park there. You can't pitch your tent there. You can know it, but you actually can't condescend from where you already are in heavenly places. So this is, what is, is, very, this is not a suggestion. This is actually a commandment, but also an invitation. It's Colossians chapter three, verses one to three. If then rhetorical statement, if then you were raised with Christ, and it's said already in Ephesians 2, 6, you were, not will be, were, seek those things which are above where Christ is sitting at the right hand of God. uh, Let's see, let's go to verse three. For you died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. So you're already there. Now, this is, uh, uh, this is crazy because, because if I want you to think, and I've been reading some, some uh, uh, stuff on the spirit world and dimensions, etc. But think of like a babushka dolls, okay? Remember those little babushka dolls? You went around to your grandma's house, you pulled them all apart, and then you lost one of the pieces. And you put it back together, hoping they wouldn't see the piece. That, you didn't want to lose the big piece because it looked like someone didn't have their top on, you know? Like it's just, it's sort of like, just, just the, I remember at my grandmother's house, right? What you actually have is you've actually got the natural world 
And then you've got, like, let's say, the third dimension, third, uh, three-dimensional world, but then you have higher dimensions, fourth and fifth dimension. They can actually overlay and are superior. But, and this is why we need wisdom. We need understanding. We need the Spirit of God to interpret the Word of God because it's a superior dimension. You go, how can God be who was and is, and is to come? How is it even possible? How can God know the end from the beginning? Because of a higher dimension. And this is why the Lord wants us to come up there. We can't keep bringing God down to a natural level. So we are commanded to seek those things which are above. There's no blessing down here. There's no life down here. You have biological life. You've got angels and demons running around, right? You've got open heavens. You've got closed heavens. You've got geographic shadows of darkness all, all through the, the, the place. There's no blessing here per se outside of Christ. So you want, you want your stuff. It's in heavenly places in Christ. Can you give me a second proof text? Yeah. Uh, um, Matthew 6.33, seek first the kingdom of heaven and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. So everything you desire and need and God wants you to have is it, it exists in a place in heaven, in Christ. And heaven isn't one day, you're seated there now. This is what we have to, we, we have to let this confront us to completely overwhelm our senses, to be superimposed. And then we start to see the miraculous. We start to see crazy things. But I want to specifically, I want to just narrow down on one element of the heavenly dimensions. Now, it says that Jesus laments that the children of darkness were more shrewd with their own than the children of light. And there's a lot of naivety in the body of Christ. Because what happens um, is that even if I wasn't holding a microphone running a church, I still would be investigating the word because why should I take someone else's word for it? What if someone's teaching me rubbish? <laughs> What if I'm teaching you rubbish? I'm serious, you've got to suss it out. People are lazy. Be a noble Berean, search it out. Be like Abraham. Abraham was fully convinced that God, what he had promised he was able to, able to do. So, 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 so be empowered. You've got, you've got a Bible, you know? It's just, and, it, and it's not good. You've got to get off the pages into your spirit and in manifesting. So, so we're very, very naive and our sense of reality, especially with eschatology is, right? Because we just, it's just, we're so defeatist and I'm just not in agreement with it. And it's, I just, I'm not into it. <laughs> and I'm just, I'm, my editing machine kicked in then, obviously. Now, in the invisible world, there's something that you want to ascertain. If you want to make things happen, okay, I'm going to backtrack. So uh, I, I took my son to the dentist uh, um, yesterday and he's sitting there. Angel starts talking to me. Uh, <coughs> now that wasn't the name of the person looking at his teeth. Um, but I'm sitting there and I just hear this voice started coming to me. Because of what I've been pursuing and, and, and everything that's been happening in my life and I started, I heard this, that, that someone started talking to me. Now it was an understated statement and it was this. If only you knew the advantage you would have, if only you knew the advantage that you have living from up here or living from here. Now, you go, hmm, good, great. But it actually says, God, God it said, let there be light. And there was light and he saw it was good. 
God created the universe, it was good. Such a, such a uh, in our eyes, an understatement. In the same way, I heard this voice say, everything's to your advantage. If you start to connect with the heavenly realms and walk in it, you have advantage in wisdom, favor, health, anointing, glory, your scroll, your destiny, soul winning, money, provision, the nations, governing, and so on and so forth, like superpowers. So it's not sort of like, oh, I'm not that spiritual. You just, you don't give, there's no options. If you don't pursue this, it's gonna be tough. But if you go after heavenly places because you're already there, that we're commanded to seek those things that are above. The word it says, set your mind, actually is the word phreneo, which is a combination of mind and affection. If you start to put your affection in heavenly places, okay, then what happens is that you're free from here. The biggest thing that stops people is fear. You start just, the love of God starts pouring in and you find that God's fun. And, and angels are playful. And just God's, God's really funny. He's hilarious. But he's not a try hard hilarious. It's like God's, <laughs> what do you think of that? Not, not much. No. <laughs> just like, you're just like, you're so clever. Oh, some things he tells me, I'm just going, man, that's good. Cracks me up, you know. And so, so we need to know why the advantage, and I'll tell you why. Because in the invisible world, what we gotta do is we gotta back engineer some things. And the enemy, the enemy really wanted to take, Lucifer really wanted to take a certain position in the heavenlies so he could rule. We are called to rule, okay? There's nothing, Christianity doesn't work. Sonship, sons and daughters of the king, completely is what it's about, all right? It's not a religion. It's not a religion. You don't go to church. It's the ecclesia. This building's a church building, but you don't go to the building. You know, there's a lot of dead buildings around the place. So this is what Lucifer understood. He said, I have to get this position because this is where it all happens. Whereas the church doesn't see it as a value. Let's do Isaiah chapter 14, verses 12 to 15. How you have fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning, how you are cut down to the ground, you who weakened the nations. Okay, yep. For you have said in your heart, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will also sit on the mount of the congregation. This is a celestial mountain. This is Zion on the farthest sides of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the most high. Yet you should be brought down to Sheol or hell to the lowest depths of the pit. So what you have here, he understands that if I can take that position in the heavenlies, in the mountain of God, I will rule. So what you got is a church is preoccupied with the earth And they don't understand when they take their place in heavenly places, they rule because now the enemy's been cast down. So when you assume your position in the heavenlies, you're above him because you're in Christ. This is why people get worn out doing warfare. Rather than, rather than engaging heaven by faith in Christ through the blood of Jesus, approaching the throne through worship, I'll enter his gates with thanksgiving, his courts with praise and so on and so forth as their primary and the glory starts to manifest and the cloud starts to manifest. 
the atmosphere starts to change. People have visions and eyes open and then just, just favour and blessing. When you're walking in this, God even makes you at peace with your enemies. Gives you favour because you're manifesting heaven. It's a realm that, that, that starts to infuse through osmosis into your very DNA. Christ knew the hope of glory. So if you're not interested in heavenly places, you're stuck down here with the devil. Fact of life. Revelation 12, 12. Rejoice, O heavens, and you who are in them. But woe to the earth and its inhabitants, for the devil has been cast down, and he is a bit annoyed. So this is, I'm actually painting a very, very concrete picture with no wiggle room. So, go, so occupying heavenly places isn't, isn't like turbo or superfluous or unnecessary. Oh, I've got my faith, I just need the anointing. This is not what the gospel teaches, it's cosmic. It's set your mind on things above. It says, do not love the system of the world, the things of the world, the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, the pride of life. And anyone who loves the world does not have the love of the Father. There is not just a dichotomy. Lord is saying, He's saying, I want you to come up here and hang out with me and learn my ways and understand my protocols, my mandates, all these different things. So then you can actually take dominion by hanging out with God. Otherwise you're down here. And people go, oh, there's principalities. Oh, there are, but you're in Christ. You're one spirit with the Lord. So this is what we have to cultivate. So the church needs to ascend and take a place rather than this hand-to-hand combat. This is why so many people put off intercession because it's done so poorly. Intercessors are some of the the most indispensable uh, uh, gifts to the body of Christ indispensable you know every single person in this room I guarantee someone prayed for your salvation nothing happens souls miracles churches planted through that dimension but we've seen people get their brains beaten in rather than focus see see this is said again and again and again and again and again and again the heart of the Bible is a song of songs and my beloved comes skipping on the tops of the mountains and the hills Heavenly places, Mount of Transfiguration, Moses and Sinai, okay? And, and, and God goes like this, He comes and then He says, and my beloved comes to me. And what does my beloved do? He visits and then after a while He says, now come away with me. The problem is, number one, is all the good stuff's up there. It's not down here. Number two, it'll cost you. And people want their cake and eat it. They want their carnal cake. And eat it. And yeah, that's fine. You don't have to pay the price. But the fact is, it always says you're already co-crucified, so you're living a lie. <laughs> God's very, I, I, I hear people say, you know, the Holy Spirit's a gentleman, God's a gentleman. I understand that. But really, we don't have enough of the fear of the Lord. We just think spirituality is an option. I feel spiritual this week. I don't feel spiritual that week. What if, what if you lived in a country that was invaded? What if there was human trafficking taking place right under your nose? probably is and so that sense of that urgency of living from heavenly places so I won't get you to put it up but it actually says in Hebrews chapter 12 verses 22 to 24 it actually says we're already in Mount Zion the heavenly Jerusalem we're already there you're there the only thing is veils when you when you continually those who turn to the Lord the veil is removed you just keep turning to the Lord turning to the Lord turning to the Lord turning to the Lord and things just start happening sometimes you do it when you don't feel like you know sometimes you, you there are those days you just don't want to praise God. 
You really don't. Maybe a familiar spirit around your life making you feel sorry for yourself, you know? You really don't. And you know when you praise God when you really don't want to, you know if you put in a little bit, maybe 30, 40 minutes, you know you're about to have an encounter. You're about to have something that'll change your life. I've had one of those where at our old place, my wife's looking at me, she goes, you are right? I go, nah. Anything I can do? Nah. So I've got to go to bed because it's getting late. I know. I said, I don't know what's going on with me. And, and I don't know if you remember this, and I just got into prayer. And I was sort of like, exalt the Lord our God and worship at his footstool. Holy is he. 20 minutes of that. Chewing gravel. <laughs> Chewing gravel. And then I felt about 30 minutes into it. Exalt the Lord. <laughs> the atmosphere starts to change. Exalt the Lord our God. Like this. And, cha- and then just the whole wall disappeared and I was in heaven. And the Lord spoke to me and just all sorts of these awesome things. See, you cultivate that. That's true. You're already you're already in Mount Zion, the heavenly Jerusalem. The enemy wants it. He got kicked out. He's down here. You don't want to be down here with him. You don't. You want to be in Christ, and that's in heavenly places. It's just the way it is. And so what you have, this is why the emphasis is on the holy hill of the Lord of Mount Zion. Let's do Psalms 24, verses 3 and 4. This is a really important point. Who may ascend into the hill of the Lord or who may stand in his holy place? He who has clean hands and a pure heart, who has not lifted up his soul to an idol nor sworn deceitfully. Okay, so clean hands and a pure heart, idols, don't be a liar, okay? (laughs) Don't lie. (laughs) Lying's a problem, okay? Because your pants catch on fire. And <laughs> the Lord won't have any of that in his holy hill. <laughs> Pinocchio knows, you know. So anyway, um, now, this is really, really, you and I need the power of God. We need the power of God. We need the power of God. It's not an option. Here's a really interesting one. So people go, I really want the power of God. So they start meditating in scripture. They fast, they pray, they hang out with the Lord and the Spirit a lot. And they probably do it for seven or eight minutes and then they've got it. No, it actually quite, it it can take a while. The power of God, okay? Now, I've had had some really, really cool encounters with the power of God. Seen great I've seen most types of healings, miracles, types of meeting. It's awesome. This is what's really interesting. Is that God says you need power. So you ask for power and you should get it instantly. Like Daniel, when he prayed, even while the words were in his mouth, the angel visited him. That's why you need the power. 
right? It should be that quick. What's really interesting is that the power is from another dimension and it's so superior to anything here. And if you're not, if your wineskin's a bit messed up, the power will destroy you. So what's interesting, this is why God said to the children of Israel, you are gonna drive out the, the, the inhabitants of the land one city at a time. Because if I give you the whole lot, it'll destroy you. He said, one city, every city will build a different muscle. Now, uh, why did Jesus say, okay, you're gonna tarry, wait for the Holy Ghost. 10 days before Pentecost, 10 days. And then, you know, tongues of fire. Why didn't it happen after 24 hours? I'll tell you why. I believe in the process of hungering for the power of God. The process purifies us. And I believe if you pursue holiness, if you cultivate purity in your motivation, in your eye, in your conduct, what happens is power starts to overshadow you. Purity moves heaven. It moves heaven. So it actually says you go up the holy hill if, you, if you're pure. Now, I think that you just keep going up into heaven and, 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 and just keep, you see, see, it's not like, oh, I've had a really bad week. I've got to purify myself to go back to church. Come to church, you know, you've got flipping, you know, you've got a little goblin hanging off of here. You've got an ugly parrot there. You've got something munching on your, on your hamstring over here. And you've got something just, you know, on your, like this. And sort of like, I've got to stay home and get pure. No, you don't. Come and worship. I've, I've, I've come into church services absolutely feeling like crap, right? And I just worship like this. And thank God it's not my righteousness, right? And all of a sudden you go, oh, something shifted. I, you know, we see deliverance in our worship here. You're just gonna keep coming, just presenting yourself to him. Presenting yourself to him like Joshua the high priest. says, put a new turban on him. Clean garments, and so, so if, if we cultivate purity, you, you're gonna see power because you're gonna be very, very high up in Zion. I'll tell you what, you're gonna have people just like, like it's, 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 it's crazy stuff. But if, 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 see, holiness, there's some things that move the Lord. One is purity and holiness, one is faith, okay? So you go up the mountain, that bear purity. But if you got like, like, one of the works of the flesh is selfish ambition. I mean, you know, a lot of we go, which, you know, which, there's some pretty hectic witchcraft stuff out there, especially when you travel, right? Uh, but selfish ambition is you take something that's holy and pure and you make it about you. So ministry becomes about you as opposed to an act of worship and service. So it becomes defiled, all right? So it becomes a work of the flesh. So there's something about clean hands, pure heart, have them lift your, your uh, um, heart up to an idol. It's really easy to tell if you've got idols. One is that you don't, you're a bit indifferent towards heaven because you have your affection elsewhere. Or if you're worried about things being taken away from you. You know, back there, when I first got saved, it was like, God's gonna break you. He's gonna break you. Gonna really deal with you. And you're freaking out that God's gonna just break you. Well, how you going, man? Oh, God's really breaking me. <laughs> breaking me, man. He's breaking me. I'm like, you're waiting for this breaking, you know? <laughs> Every, every, all these cycles come around. <laughs> yeah, you know, it, it, people make dumb decisions, you know. People are stupid and jerks. 
I'm really under attack. Yeah, from yourself. And so when we, when we actually hang out with him, if I spend a lot of time in the Lord, right, really, really go for it, and now I'll start to speak to people. I mean, like, legitimate. I mean, you got, some of you guys know that you've experienced this. I'll have to see someone on a, uh, this hasn't happened to me for a while, so I have these weird cycles of supernatural manifestations. So I'll have to see someone on a, on a uh, maybe a Tuesday. And then what happens, my spirit goes to see them on a Monday and sorts out the problem. And then I go see them on the Tuesday and they went this, this, and this happened and I had a dream and this, this. and I'm like, this ministry stuff's really easy. <laughs> or if I'm hanging out with the Lord <coughs> a lot, people just start talking and I just start seeing pictures all appear around their head called visions. And I call them pictures. And, and I'm like, wow. And then you just say one of the pictures and the power of God hits them because you've been with the Lord and He's holy and there's power. So, so you make it your priority, purity, you're gonna see way, heaps of power. Can someone say amen? That's a powerful key there. Pure key. Okay. So, all right. The last point is this. We have this doctrine of separation, orphan stuff, and we go, all right, okay, I'm gonna do this for God. And then over here, God's gonna do this for me. And we actually don't understand that under the new covenant, God does it with us. He does it with us. Hypothetical, could God move on the earth if no one prayed or worshiped at all? I doubt it, I doubt it. The Holy Spirit would probably, or angelic would have to move someone to, don't underestimate. This is why you're his body on the earth and he's seated at the right hand of the Father and he's given you a spirit. And you start to see, and it says all, all the, the joints and, 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 and tendons and ligaments and everything that is supplied from the, from the head is it we, we need to function as a body. But it, it, <laughs> I'll just get straight, I'll, I'll get into the last point. This, yeah, but there's, there's this doctrine of separation. Psalm 100, 110 verses one and two, which is the most quoted Psalm in the New Testament says, the Lord said to my Lord, Jehovah or Yahweh said to Adonai, my master, Sit at my right hand until I make your enemies your footstool. The Lord shall send the rod of your strength out of Zion. Rule in the midst of your enemies. And you're going, wow. So it's not just about Zion, sort of like, yeah, we're up on the holy hill, this is great. It's about rulership. It's about the scepter, about the rod of His strength. When you find yourself in Zion, you start to rule with the Lord. And part of the qualifications, according to Psalm 24, he has clean hands and a pure heart who hasn't been sworn sworn deceitfully or lifted up his heart to an idol. This is why purity positions you in a place of government. This is why we're having so much influence in government. This is why we pray regularly for government. This is why we're seeing things change in South Australia because of Zion. And we're not going, God will do it, God will do it, God will do it. He's waiting for us for us to worship, for us to pray, for us to believe, and then He does it through us. It's not us or Him with a separation. It actually says, go into all the earth, preach the gospel to all creation, all every creature, and these signs will follow. You know, you're gonna pick up serpents. I haven't worked that one out yet. 
Um, you're gonna eat, you know, anything you drink deadly, you know, uh, bad cooking, anything like that, you'll be fine. Uh, speak in new tongues, heal the sick. But then it says very clearly, and the Lord worked with them. But he, 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 unless you get on a plane and go there or you go out in the streets or you go to your, he's not going anywhere. You're gonna have, oh, these Muslims are having these visions of Jesus and they're not, unless someone leads them to the Lord. Okay, I know there are exceptions, okay? Another exception, but even Paul needed, even Saul of Tarsus needed an Ananias. So, so you go, you go so, so Zion is about the scepter of rulership and ruling in the midst of his enemies. That's really exciting. God's my hero. He's going to do it. Let's do Revelation chapter 2, verses 26 to 28. And he who overcomes and keeps my works until the end, to him I will give power over the nations. He shall rule them with a rod of iron. Hmm, that sounds familiar. They shall be dashed to pieces like a potter's vessels. Uh, and also, uh, as I also received from my father, and I will give him the morning star. So we start to, what happens is that when you start to lay a hold of heavenly realities, you start to rule. You start to rule, especially Zion. And I'll tell you what, you can, if, if I was to say, just close your eyes, in, in your mind's eye, what are things that you need to overcome at the moment and what are the areas you need victory in? And rather than just sort of like, I'm just gonna try harder, you know, you could shoehorn that into consecration, I suppose, right? But basically, Jesus said, listen, you guys are, sw- you guys are really consumed with what the heathen are. What I'm going to eat, what I'm going to drink, what I'm going to wear, my money, my housing, my this, my that. You're consumed. You think about how much time you think about that. Your body. And Jesus goes, listen. He said, listen. He said, the heathen think like this. If you seek first my kingdom, which is heavenly dimensions, all these things will be added to you. This is not the big stuff. Don't, all, none of it's big. They, see, there's a, there's a principle of you get consumed with the greater and it's easy to manifest the lesser. And what we don't do is we don't get consumed with the greater and so the lesser becomes the greater. And then orphans separate us over. I don't know if I can believe for this. Dang. If you hang out with God, you start to think like God. You start to act like God. Like Joshua did. Not only was he a super soaker, but he meditated in the word day and night. It says that God would meet, the Lord, meet Moses in the tabernacle meeting. Then Moses would go and give the direction to the children of Israel. And then, and then Joshua was sort of like, well, I hope he doesn't see me. Okay, all right, I'm just gonna stay here for a while. It says he lingered. So he loved the presence of God. So you start to, you, you, that's what you start to manifest. So what happens is that Zion is a place you rule. Now, this is really important. I know we talked about the flesh before and people making stupid decisions. Pause and meditate. But a lot of the things that go wrong in our, in our a lot of the things that go wrong in our strife, in our life, don't worry about it. A lot of things that go wrong in our life actually can have spiritual power sources of darkness. I'm gonna explain something. This is, this is real. So if I cultivate coming into God's presence through praise, if I focus on Him, if I focus on Zion, if I focus on uh, what, he, what He wants to do, if I'm focusing on His goodness, I start to come into that place of ascension, whether it's there or there, whatever that looks like. Now, when I've had encounters with heaven, I'm gonna just, just I know this is gonna shock you. In heaven, there's no stress. 
No one's worried. No one's concerned. All right? It's so superior. It's so superior. One angel can go, ah, and a whole universe can move. It's so superior. The atmosphere, the glory. Now, sometimes you might have a vision and see it. Sometimes you'll feel it. You'll feel that incredible atmosphere. Now, what happens is that there was a situation I had once where there was such chaos and the chaos was out of control and it was growing and growing and growing. I didn't know what I was gonna do. I felt like Moses at the edge of the Red Sea. I really did. And all the stress, the uncertainty, and it was so, I was so in over my head. It was so above my pay grade. I went, well, I'm just gonna go up to Zion. So that's what I did. So I had this massive problem. Now, hear me out. This massive problem that had dark power sources, it was chaos, there was relationships, money, all these weird things, right? And it's just sort of like, I'm just going, okay, that's a problem, but I'm gonna go to Zion. So I started praising God and praising God and praising God. Now I've cultivated this, this is why I wanna cultivate it. Getting into His presence, I'll get into His gates with thanksgiving in my heart, my cause of praise. I do it every day. I do it every day. I do it multiple times a day. Daniel would do it three times a day. David would do it seven times a day. Just do it, okay? Jehovah Nike, just do it, okay? So I start praising God. All of a sudden, I'm in that Zion dimension. I can feel it. And I'm going, no one's stressed here. It's joy. Wow, for power. This is cool. Now, I, had no, I didn't see anything in my spiritual eyes. There's, there's no visions. But I'm going, oh my gosh. You're, Lord, this situation, you're not even worried about it. No one's worried about it. Everyone's deliriously happy. Incredible power, purity, holiness, glory, wisdom, fellowship, oneness, connection. Oh my goodness, this is amazing, right? And I'm just like this. And I remember talking to someone and saying, okay, I just went up Zion, wow, and this is great, right? And then this is what the Lord told me. It taught me in the spirit, trained me. He said, when you go up there, you actually start to, it starts to superimpose over you, infuses you. This is how Peter saw people healed with his shadow. All right? So what happened? Remember, there's chaos and all sorts of weird stuff and it had dark power sources. So I'm praising God, the Lord, you're so awesome. I mean, this will work for anything. Because God draws in the praise of His people. Praising God like this. And then I thought, right, now, now, I'll go like this. This is what the Lord said, now, now, I want you, he said, now, he says, you're gonna go, you got your, this problem here. You're gonna come up where there's no problems. You're gonna go back down to your problem and you're gonna put the realm of no problems over your problem to your problem becomes no problems. And I just started to see things collapse and change like that. And you go, it's real and you've got to cultivate it because you go, there's more chance that people die of stress than the devil killed them. 
can't just randomly jump in your house and you know, make a knife levitate, you know. <laughs> Legit. People just, you know, sort of like, you know, I'm an intercessor, I'm freaking out. You know, it, 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 it exalt the Lord our God and worship at his footstool, holy is he. And so, so you, you actually, you go up to that invisible dimension. Joel, could you please come up here, please? Thank you very much. And you go up to the place where there's no problems and you go down to your problem and you superimpose the dimension of no problems over your problem until your problem becomes no problems. It says, seek first the kingdom of heaven and his righteousness on all these things will be added to him. It's just too much stress. So we've got to know that we're already in heavenly places. So it's, it's, not, it's not a hard one. If you're, if you're naturally stressed, then the tension's there. It's actually, it's actually existential. It's, you can, it's there, it's manifest. So it's easy for you to, to try this out. So you've got to engage the Lord and you've got to magnify Him. And then, then the, the, all those things, and this thing, you know, turn your eyes upon Jesus and, and uh, look upon His wonderful face and the things on the earth go strangely dim in the light of His glory and grace. But this, the, but this is how we start to cultivate being seated in heavenly places. And then you start to have more visions and more encounters and then you start to, a grid starts to form. Because Paul said in Corinthians, he says, look, we try to explain spiritual things with spiritual words, comparing spiritual with spiritual. You have more visions, more encounters, and then you get more of a grid and God shows you more things. You should be, as you get older and older physically, get more spiritual. Why? Because you spent more time with the Lord. Legit. You know, when people... When I first got saved, they go, oh, they're just going through, you know, they got saved, they're just going through a honeymoon period. Wait till they become bored and depressed like us. It's just not real. It's not real. I, I, like, like, I couldn't get up and do what I do here unless I wasn't mildly obsessed with the goodness of God. Can doing this without grace? My goodness, you'd be dead in a month. Unless I'm mildly obsessed with the goodness of God and the love of God, I couldn't do this. And so what I want to emphasize is this, is everything you need is up the mountain. Nothing here, but it'll cost you, it'll cost you. But then you get there and you realize what you thought you sacrificed is nothing compared to what it gives you. And it's not this incredibly deferred abstract reward. You know, sort of like, I'm just living for God now and I'll get my reward one day. Yuck. You know, I've got the joy of the Lord, the peace of God. It's like, get away from me. Do you want what I have? No. You know. So this is what's so exciting is that when you understand that the second you said yes to Jesus, you were instantly yoked to the answers to everything the king of the universe, on the road to Emmaus, when they walked with him, when they walked with him, the answers to everything, their desire, their deepest desires of their heart, the desire of all nations were walking with them to the road to Emmaus. And then they didn't work it out until they had communion, their eyes were open. They were, oh, he was with us the whole time while our hearts were burning within us. And Jesus had to explain the, you know, Moses and the prophets and, 
in the Psalms said concerning him that the Christ must suffer and then die and then rose, rose again. So, so this is what's so cool. Our discovery is that we're already in heavenly places. That's your discovery. But it says we actually have to set our mind on things above. If we don't, we're gonna be stuck down here and, and subject to natural forces and the natural forces are getting nasty. I haven't emphasized that at all tonight, but here's the deal. The enemy like crazy. He go, he want, I, I wanna get, get on that mountain. I wanna get on that mountain, the mountain of congregation, the sides of the north. And he's cast to the, cast to the earth as the profane thing. So the enemy's been cast down to the earth and God's inviting us to take our place to rule and reign in heavenly places. Who's excited? Come on. That's the invitation. This is why this is an adventure. This is an adventure. It's amazing. Holy Ghost. And we're going to be mapping, talking about, imparting, praying for the realm of the invisible. As I've said before, nearly the entire book of Revelation is the invisible dimension. Nearly the entire book, from the horsemen of the apocalypse to the composite creatures coming out of the abyss, the deep, all those different things. You don't see the natural eye. And what we do, because we're stuck in the matrix, we go, there's gonna be meteor showers and all this sort of stuff. And if you, you can interpret pretty much the whole book of Revelation through the Old Testament, through the prophets, because there's over 500 references. And then you can go, this is what's so amazing. When they say the same thing, you can see how it manifested historically and then you can cross-reference the Revelation. And if there is a tattoo on the right hand of the forehead or Neuralink by Elon Musk or uh, you know, a, a transhumanistic movement by Yuval Noah Harari, not my favorite person, it's not primary, may not even be secondary, might not even be tertiary. It could be a cycle because God's people have refused to take their place in the heavenly dimensions and chosen to be earthbound, to duke it out in hand-to-hand -hand combat rather than be a general ordering angels to actually do the word of the Lord in the name of Jesus. And their point of contact being the bottom of their shoe as opposed to looking up to the principalities and powers. So what we're gonna do, we're gonna finish. In a second, I'm gonna pray over you guys. There's been a lot of, trust me when I say there's been a lot of ministry going on in the spirit. Oh, I forgot to announce. Uh, uh, so we've got school holidays next week, yeah? So this is our last Tuesday night. Next two Tuesday nights we have a break. We meet in three weeks. First time for everything. All right. Holy Spirit, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Holy Ghost. Thank you, Holy Ghost. Now, th this is what I don't want people to enter into, a spirit of striving. It says, be diligent to enter the rest, but ascension isn't necessarily up. It's actually yielding to the Spirit of God in surrender, knowing that you're already complete.
it's mind-blowing. It's not going to, be, going to be happen one day. See, the manifestation of things is when you work out you already have it. And so you're already on the mountain because you're seated in the heavenly places. You're already seated with the Lord just like Jesus was with His Father. Some of you probably even already have a new name. You don't even realise it. Gives you a white stone. Allows you to eat from the paradise in the midst of the uh, tree of life in the midst of the paradise of God. But we're talking about what it is to rule with the Lord. What I'm going to do is I'm just going to pray over people in a second and we're going to close. Because the river's been flowing. There's been a lot of prophetic stuff. But this is what the invitation for prayer is. And I'm just going to get you to stand in your seats. You want me to pray over you in a second. But it's this. You've got, to, you've got to set your purpose. You've got to set your intent. You've got to set your intent on two things. Number one, God's mountain. Heavenly dimensions. Because he comes, he comes from the mountains, he comes down. He says, come away with me. And she goes, oh, no, no, you go. Everyone wants God to come down in the spirit of revival and they won't want to go up there. Here's the deal. Because going up there will cost you. Cost you time, energy, discipline. But it's, it, it, is it worth it? Is it worth it? Oh my gosh. Is it worth it? I'm about to have a laughing fit. Trading death for life, poverty for wealth, iniquity for righteousness, sorrow for joy. Dumbness for smartness. But we need to know it's going to cost us. We can't feel sorry for ourselves. We're the only ones that can separate ourselves from the love of God. Nothing else can. Nothing external can. Feel sorry for yourself. And then veils, structures, protection mechanisms. So I'm going to pray of you guys for that. If you say yes by faith, remember, oh, that was at Munta. Norm would get people, he'd say, before you pray for them, he'd get them to step forward by faith, like they're, they're stepping out. But in a second, I'm just going to get you to stand up if you want me to pray over you for a grace, and then we'll, we'll finish the meeting. We'll see what happens. But So if you want me to pray over you for that, just stand up where you are. You're responding to the Lord by faith. Just close your eyes. You speak. I can't impart anything I don't carry. And trust me when I say this, I carry this. I do. (laughs) I do. And the best thing is this, when your internal furniture and architecture has changed to the point, you really, really, really have excitement and affection for heaven. You really, really, really do. Then you never pray. You never pray. Okay, uh, you can do what you want. You can put your hands to heaven. You can put your hands out in front. I'm just going to pray over you and then I'm going to get you to repeat after me, but I'm going to pray over you. Holy Ghost, I thank you right now for heavenly realities. Right now, in the name of Jesus, we sever all cords. We sever all soul ties that keep people earth bound in the name of Jesus. Appetites out of control, wrong identity, orphan spirit. Lord, I thank you for slicing and dicing that rubbish with your, the sword of your spirit. 
We just break every cord that keeps people earthbound and full of fear and anxiety. We just break that awful, awful, uh, 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 earthbound, orphan separation in the name of Jesus. And I thank you, I thank you, Lord, that you call us to manifest an ascended lifestyle. I thank you for encounters. I thank you for dreams and visions. I thank you, Lord God, for open-eyed encounters in the daytime. I thank you for angelic visitation. I thank you for commissioning, mandates, mantling. I thank you for counsel. I thank you for strategy, war rooms, weapons. I thank you for people working with the elementals. I thank you with creation. I thank you, souls, miracles, healing, ascension, gift calling, Holy Ghost, Holy Ghost, Holy Ghost. Oh, there's something on that. Okay, repeat after me. Father, in Jesus' name, I present myself to you by faith. You call me up the mountain and I know it's gonna cost me. But I say yes, I say yes to your glory. I say yes to worshipping you. I say yes to fellowship with you. I say yes to friendship with you. I renounce all idolatry and love of darkness. And I say yes to the light, the kingdom of light. And I say yes to taking my heavenly place to rule and reign and change the earth for your glory. Holy Ghost.